morning, I just want to share with you on a special thing that the Lord has put in my heart. And, you know, at times, giving sermon is not that easy. And listening to a sermon is very difficult at times, depending on, you know, what the Lord has to say. And this morning, I believe that you will listen to this sermon with an open heart as the Lord speaks to you. Okay, let's get started. On a rainy Sunday afternoon, a little brother and a little sister, they were playing Noah and the ark. An old shoebox was taken as an ark, and a, and a bathtub was taken for their flood. So they were playing together for some time. And when the flood was over, they decided to make an offering to God, as Noah did. And Noah, the boy, and Mrs. Noah, her, his sister, said, here, take one of your toy animals as a sacrifice. And she said, no, I don't want to give any of my animals. Probably you take one of your animals and give that as a sacrifice to God. And if they, could come, they couldn't come to an and suddenly this girl, she just ran to the attic. And she went there, and she took one of the lamb toys from the attic, and she dusted it off because it was full of dust, and its head was crushed, and the tail was cut off, and she could find such a lamb toy from the attic, and she brought that toy to her brother and said, probably we'll give this as an offering, because anyway, we don't need this. So brother was very happy, and they both were in agreement, yes, we will give this tie because we can get away with this tie because we don't need this tie anymore. So they decided to give that as an offering to God. On the other hand, you know, when God looked down from heaven, he saw the people in all their wickedness and in their weaknesses. And they lost their hope and darkness everywhere. And someone had to be sent as a sacrifice for mankind to save them from the sinful nature. And God Almighty looked at the angels because he was surrounded with innumerable number of angels. And God did not consider the angels to be sent down as a sacrifice. But God chose the best he had, his own son, his only son, as a sacrifice to be sent to this world. Scripture says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, God gave his best to redeem mankind from the worst condition. And the same God, I believe, he expects us to give him the best, our best. And today, this morning, I would like to title my message as Give Your Best to God. Give Your Best to God. You know, without much delay, I just want to jump into the scripture portion that we have today. Let's turn to the book of Malachi, chapter 1. The book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. The book of Malachi, chapter 1. I would like to read a couple of scriptures from the book of Malachi. 
And before I even read, I will just give a background of what is really going on there. The Jews have returned from their captivity. They were taken as captive in Babylon for 70 long years. And Jews came back from their captivity. The temple has been rebuilt. And the worship services were going on in the temple of God. But things were not that easy. Well, everything seemed to be okay at the outside. But inside, a cancer of complacency or a cancer of spiritual arrogance or self-satisfaction or self-righteousness was eating away their commitment they had virginally to the Lord. Instead of giving their best, they started giving their second best to the Lord. You know, instead of making their commitments to God, they started making commitments to men. God decided to send the final spokesman, the prophet Malachi, to the children of Israel as they were departing away from the original ordinances of God. God decided to send the prophet Malachi. And Malachi came and he was preaching the word of God to the children of Israel as they were giving the second best, not the best, to God. So we are going to read a couple of scriptures from Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Just listen to these scriptures very clearly. Very closely. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? God is asking. And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name, yet you say in what way we have despised your name. You offer defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way we have defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Verse 9. But now... Entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you? Who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. Nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12, but you profane it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled and its fruit, its food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is to be feared among the nations." You know, we see a conversation between God and man 
as reported by the prophet Malachi. A perfect picture of today's church. You know, I believe the expectation of God has not changed today. I believe it's worth looking at today morning. God says, once upon a time, you used to give me the very best that you had. But now, you started giving the inferior. Even you started giving the least of it. You started giving the defiled, the blind, the deaf, the sick, and the lame as sacrifice. You don't honor me. And he's asking, where is my honor? Where is my reverence? You expect me to accept what you bring. And you, ex you expect me to bless you. And you expect me to be pleased in the offering that you bring. But you don't bring the best to me. You bring the second best. The priests were not supposed to accept the offering if there is a blemish. If they bring a calf or a lamb with a blemish or with one leg, a lame, then they are the priests not supposed to accept that offering. But the priests started accepting those offerings for money. And God is not at all pleased. You know, God doesn't really want our leftovers. He wants our best. He doesn't want our le leftovers. He wants our best. The Lord evaluates their sacrifice and worship. And it becomes a challenge today. You know, today I need to ask question within me. Am I giving the best to the Lord? Am I giving the best to the Lord? If not, is the Lord really pleased in my sacrifice, in my worship? Well, read Malachi chapter 1. And I believe any student of the Bible would cry and ask, Lord, what do you expect from me? What do you expect from me? I thought I'm giving the best in my life. But Lord, as I start reading the scripture, you are telling me that I'm not giving my best. Instead, I'm giving my second best. Probably at times I'm giving leftovers, Lord, to you. What do you want me to do? There are a couple of things, aspects that I want to go with you this morning quickly. Number one, our second best does not honor God. Let's read verse 6 again. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say in what way we have despised your name. You know, some of the relationships in this world demand honor and respect. You know, I believe as a Jew, people who are living on that point of time, they would be, you know, they would be able to appreciate the kind of honor a son has to give to his father. A Jew will be able to appreciate the kind of honor a servant is supposed to give to the master, the same way a citizen to a king. Now God is asking, you call me father, you call me master, you call me king, and where is my honor? Where is my honor? You know, God wants us to honor him by giving our best to him. You know, I believe this part God will speak to us. And as he was speaking to me as I was preparing this sermon, am I giving the best to God? You know, in this world we strive, we struggle to do our work perfectly. We try to deliver our best to our employers because we want to be in the good books of our employers. We want to you know, receive promotion and we want to receive salary increase. But when we come to the matter of God, 
Am I giving the best to my God? Because God expects me to give my best to him. Let's give, take, go, go back to the scriptures and see a couple of examples from the word of God. Cain and Abel. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 to 5. Let's read Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering... Verse 5 says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Scripture says, Abel brought the best offering to the presence of God. God honored that offering. But Cain, he could not bring the best out of his, out of his work. Abel gave to God the firstborn of his flock. He gave to God the very best. Cain, on the other hand, gave a sacrifice, but that was not respect by God. God expects me and you to give our best. Think about the widow. On the day when Jesus was sitting at the temple of God, he was just sitting across the treasury, the offering box. Can you imagine? Jesus was sitting there closer to the offering box and scripture says Jesus was watching how they are putting their offering. Can you imagine if Jesus is here today? And he opens up all of our envelope, offering envelopes. He doesn't even need to open it up. And then he looks at the way we put our offering. Exactly that's what Jesus was doing when he was in the temple of God. When everybody came and they brought from their riches and they put that as an offering. And scripture says in Mark chapter 12 verses 41 to 44. Let's read that scripture. It's very interesting. Mark chapter 1. Sorry, Mark, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, 41. To 44. Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Verse 42. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all these who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. You know, this woman was honored just simply because she gave her best to the Lord. And God is not really asking us to give from our abundance, but God is asking us to give from the limited resource. You know, I don't want to really preach about offering today, but I want to preach how do we honor God? How do we honor God from the little things that we have in our lives? Second Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5. Second Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5. Scripture says, As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. You know, giving tithe and giving offering is to honor God. God expects us to honor him in our giving. Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. Scripture says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. 
honor the Lord. How do we honor the Lord? We honor the Lord with all our possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know, God wants us to honor him. As we read in 2 Chronicles 31.5, God wants us to tighten everything that we give. God wants us to bring, tighten everything. You know, every income, every produce, every bonus we get, every incentive we get, every tax return we get, you know, every surveillance package we get, everything that comes in our family, comes into our house, God wants us to tighten everything. Can you imagine? You know, today people have questioned, do we tithe in the net salary or we need to tithe in the gross salary? Right? So, but the scripture says very clearly, we need to tithe in everything. The end of verse 2 Chronicles 31.5 says, we need to tithe in everything, every income. Why do we tithe? Why do we offer to God? Just to honor him. Just to honor him. You know, at times we feel that, what this little offering that I'm giving, I'm giving is going to make a difference. It's not about how much we give. But when we give with a pure heart, with a willing heart, Scripture says God is honored. And children of Israel, they departed from honoring God. And God is asking children of Israel, where is my honor? Where is my reverence? And I believe the same question God is asking to our church today, this morning. And he's asking us, do you honor me? with all that you possess, and you and I are responsible to, uh, to answer God. Number two, our second best does not please God. First of all, we saw our second best does not honor God. Number two, our second best does not please God. Verse 8, Malachi chapter 1, verse 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, we also have that scripture on the screen. When we offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the layman sick, is it not evil? Offer it then your governor. God says, you bring the lame and you bring the sick to me as an offering. Go and offer this as a gift to your governor and see how his reaction is. You know, God is practically dealing with the children of Israel. And he's asking, would he be pleased with you if you offer such an offering to your governor? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. So secondly, God is not pleased in our second best. You know, when we don't give the best to God, God is not pleased. We are, trying to, we are not trying to please man, but we are trying to please God. You know, as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, scripture doesn't expect us to please man. But scripture certainly expects us to please God. We want to please God because God is pleased when we offer him the best in our lives. How do we please God? Simply, God is pleased when we give the best in our lives. Think about Mary of Bethany in John chapter 12. Jesus, six days before the Passover, he sat at the house of Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead, for supper. And Mary came there and she poured a <clears throat> very costly oil of spikenard and she anointed the feet of Lord Jesus Christ and she wiped his feet with her hair. Now this was seen by Judas, one of his disciples. And Judas said, Lord, this precious oil could have been sold for 300 denarii. It's worth 
of one whole year wages of a labor. So this poor woman, she worked for one long year and she collected all her money and she bought this precious oil to anoint Lord Jesus Christ as a remembrance for his burial. She knew very well that she, was not, she will not be allowed to go to go and touch the body of Lord Jesus Christ when he, he is dead. She knew that very clearly and she wanted to anoint him even before Jesus was crucified. And Jesus said, let her alone. Let her do it. We read that in John chapter 12 verse 7. Let her do it. See, God was pleased in her act. She gave the best in her life to Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine <clears throat> without even taking money from that? She worked one long year and kept that money aside and brought that to the presence of Lord God and gave that as an offering at his feet. And Lord was pleased. You know, when we start giving to God, not from our riches, but from our poverty, God blesses and God is pleased. That's what scripture says. Abraham gave his best to Lord God. Remember what he gave, what he was about to give. Abraham got Isaac when he was 100 years. 100 long years he was waiting for a baby. And Sarah was 90 years. And they got a baby, Isaac. Now God is asking him, we read that in Genesis chapter 22 verse 2. God is asking him to sacrifice his own son Isaac. You know, what else God can expect from a man other than sacrificing his own child? The best in his life was Isaac at that point of time. He waited for such a long year. And God, without any mercy, without any compassion, such a cruel God looks like, he's asking Abraham, go and give your son as a sacrifice. This man of God, even at the age of 100, he took Isaac to give him as a sacrifice. Scripture says in Genesis 22, 2, then he said, God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering one on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now what a tragedy it was in the life of Abraham. But scripture says, he took his son Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice. Abraham was willing to give the best in his life for the sake of God. You know, across the land, we hear about people giving their life for God. People are beheaded for the sake of Christ, for standing as a testimony, as a witness for Christ. What else we can give other than giving our own life to Lord Jesus Christ? Our God is not at all pleased in the second best. If Abraham would have come with an alternate, probably I will find out where Ishmael is and I will bring Ishmael as an offering. But anyway, Sarah is of age. Now probably I will give Sarah as an offering or I will die in the place of Isaac as an offering. Anyway, I'm about to die. God would not have been pleased. God is not at all pleased in the second best. God wanted to give, or God wanted Abraham to give the first best. And I believe this morning, it's a challenge for you and me. And I remember when my wife got conceived, she got a cut in one of the veins in her leg and she was taken to the surgery theater immediately. And at the end of the surgery, the kind of uh, you know, trouble that she went through and the anesthesia and so many uh, medications, the doctor said 
that the pregnancy need to be discontinued. And we were waiting, we were praying about it, and we didn't want to do it. We were praying, we were praying until Dan was born. And all that prayer that we could make is, Lord, if we give a son, or if we give a child, a perfect child without any blemish, we will give that child back to you, Lord. You know, that was the prayer that we could make. What else we can give? What else we can give to our Lord as the best, best in from our lives as the Lord is expecting us to do? Hannah prayed to God in 1 Samuel 1 verse 11. Hannah came with a, with, with, with a heavy heart to the presence of God. But he, she said one thing at the presence of God. If you give me, if you give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. If you give him the best in my life, Lord, I will give the best back to you all the days of his life. Our second best does not please God. I don't know, that's how God is. We cannot question about it. That's how God is. God wants us to give the best. What we love the most. Are we willing to give that away? For the sake of the Lord. God is not pleased in our second best. I don't want to talk about this, but I want to say this here. The moment if God, we become children of God, the disciples of God, followers of God, there is a price that we need to pray, pay for it. The thing that we most, that we love the most in our lives, if that is what is demand, God is demanding in our lives, the moment we are not willing to give the best to God, and if God really loves you, God will not hesitate even to take that out of our lives. There are testimonies from the men and women of God. One man of God in India, he loved his child, young daughter, very much. He listens to her singing and dancing, and everywhere he goes, he used to take her along with him. She grew up and she became a child of God and she was in her teens and he loved her so much and God took the best out of his life. Out of his life. But thank God that man was still standing for God until his death. There are people in our lives, we come across people, even in our own lives. If we set our love upon God, if God has set his love upon us, God demands the very best out of our lives. The same God was expecting the children of Israel to give their best to God, but they were giving the second best. God was not pleased. Number three, our second best to God does not satisfy us. Let's go back to Malachi chapter 1, verse 13. Malachi chapter 1, verse 13. Children of Israel, they were gathering in the temple of God to worship God and to delight upon Him for hours together. See what they are saying now. Now you also say, what a weariness it is to come in the presence of God. What a weariness. They say, in other words, it has become a burden for us today to come to the church. They say, in other words, it becomes too hard to serve the Lord. What a weariness it is. And you sneer at this. It means they started mocking at this. They started looking at with a mockery look in what they used to do for the Lord. And you sneer at this, and it says the Lord of hosts, and you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? 
Number three, our second best to God does not satisfy us. Children of God, they started giving their second best to God. Now they feel that it was weary for them. It was tiring and boring to come in the presence of God. People lose interest today in the spiritual matters. They stop coming to church. Even they come to church, they look at the clock and see because they want to get out of that place. Just simply because they started giving their second best to God. They started giving their second best to God. You know, as we give our best to God when we come together in the church to worship, God is pleased. God is pleased. We don't feel tired at all. There are three things which came in my mind. You know, sometimes we come to the presence of God without much preparation. The Jewish Sabbath, it starts on Friday evening at shutdown on Friday evening. Because they keep the time aside for them to get ready for the next day to go to the temple of God. The question I need to ask is, am I getting ready in the previous night? Knowing that next day morning, I need to go and stand in the presence of God. How much time I spend at the feet of God? Do I pray at least half an hour at the feet of God? I used to say that do not come and stand in the platform without praying at least for half an hour. We will become hypocrite in front of people if we do that. God expects us to prepare every time when we come into the presence of God. When we come to the church, we, most of the time we participate half-heartedly. We pretty much know what is going to happen in the service. Most of the time we end up in being an audience in the service. And we know who's the audience in the worship. Who's the audience? God is the audience. He wants to listen our worship. And he wants to see our worship. And most of the time we come with improper motivation. Today the churches, they feel tired to get together in the presence of God because they started giving their second best to the Lord. And we don't want to do it. God is telling us this morning that we need to come prepared. We need to come participate in the worship. We need to come with the right motivation. As if we have an appointment with the God, every time when we gather together, just come and stand in the presence of God and start listening from God because God speaks to us when we come to the presence of God. Show me your glory. Show me your glory so that I may dwell in the presence of God forever. And this morning, God is calling us to give our best to God. You know, sometimes we give excuses saying that, Lord, I don't have anything to give to you. I'm not talented like somebody else. I don't have any ability. I don't have any skill. I don't have time. I don't have money. We come with excuses. Moses on that day, he came with the same excuse of saying, Lord, why do you send me, Lord? I'm not able to speak. Lord, I don't have any ability. I cannot go and stand in front of Pharaoh. God looked at him and he said in Exodus 4, 2, he asked him, what is that in your hand? He said, a shepherd's staff. And he said, throw that down. And he threw that down that became a serpent and he asked him to take, take it back and it became the stick. Now God is teaching us something from there. God is asking us to give what we have in our hand right now. Now God has blessed us with so many abilities, so many talents. Are we available for God? As I say, let's not wait for another time. Now is the best time in our lives. Now, whatever situation we are in today, we may say that I don't have enough income in my family. I am sick, but this is the best time. Now is the best time. Scripture promises that future time will be a blessed time for you. But God has given this time in our hands. We, this moment is guaranteed in my life, but next moment is not at all guaranteed. 
And God wants me to give now, now what I have in my hands right now. That's what is God expecting. Let's not wait for a better job. Let's not wait for a better home that I can come and do the prayer meeting. When I buy a home, no. We need to do the prayer meeting now in the rented house, in the small room that we have. Let's not wait for better opportunity, better future. God will give us everything. But at the same time, God is demanding us to give what we have, the talents, the time. We cannot say that, Lord, I will learn and perfect my skills and then I will come and do something. No, God wants, God is not looking at our perfection. God is looking at, are we giving the best? Are we giving the best to God? God doesn't really want leftovers. I would like to close with this. Lord just simply doesn't like leftovers. Leftover means already someone was fed. Leftover is good because we don't want to waste food. Leftover is good. You know, today we take time to do everything till the end of the day. But then we give the little 10 minutes, 5 minutes to the Lord as a leftover. God wants us to give the best. Maybe early in the morning. Maybe when our mind and our body and our soul is fresh, God expects us to come and kneel down, sit in the presence of God. God demands the best in our lives. We spend everything until the bank, becomes, bank balance becomes near nil. And then we realize, oh, I have not paid my tithe. And we reduce our tithe. God wants us to take the tithe, maybe, the moment we get the salary. Are we giving the best to God? Sometimes we treat God as Salvation Army or like Value Village. All the merchandise we use, most of the time we use to the best possible level. And we try to sell that later on in KGG or in eBay. And we, when we find that we are not able to sell those merchandise, we take them and then put them in Salvation Army or in Value Village. And sometimes even they don't take. On the day I was taking a TV, they said, I don't want this. Then we take that to the recycle center and then we recycle it. We don't want to give such things to God. God demands the best of our talents. God demands the best of our abilities. God demands the best of our health. When we have health, we can do something for God. God doesn't want us in wheelchairs. God doesn't want us in crutches. God wants us when we are able to walk. God wants the best of our wealth. God wants the best of our time. God wants the best of our children. God wants the best of our position and all our inheritance. God wants the best in everything that we give. And if we give so, God is honored. God is pleased. And we will not become tired in worshiping God. Every day, day by day, we will renew our strength as we give to God, as we give the best to our Father in heaven. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. And I believe God has spoken to you. Some of us are going through difficult times in our lives and we have questioned within our hearts saying that, Lord, what do you expect me to do? And this morning, God has given an answer to you. And my daughter, my son, this is what I want you to give. This is what I want you to give. Shall we all just stand for a time of prayer? Shall we all just stand? Maybe I don't know. The best that we have today in our hands is our own life. Is our own life. Question that Spirit of God is asking you. Are you willing to give your own life for the sake of cross? For the sake of the cross. Jesus left all the glories of heaven to pay a terrible price. 
so that we could be ransomed. His precious blood has made the precious salvation possible for you and me. And the question reminds, what have we done for him? When we go and stand in the presence of God, he's going to ask you personally, looking into our face to face, eye to eye. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? What hast thou given for me? And this morning, I need to answer the call of God. And the same call of God is upon every one of your lives. And you need to answer to the call of God this morning. Because God has spoken to you. There are so many things we can do on this earth. There are so many things that we have ambition for. But in the midst of all, let's never forget this reason for our life on this earth is to bring something when we go to heaven. Nothing else we can bring other than a handful of souls. This morning God is asking you that specific question, my son, my daughter. I invested in your life so much. What have you done for me? What have you done for me? I want every one of you to answer to this call of God this morning. I see a heavy anointing in this place. I see a heavy anointing in this place because God loves us. As a church, God loves us. And this morning, God has spoken to you. And it is your time that you need to respond to the call of God and tell him, Lord, what I have, I bring into your presence. What I have, I want to bring into your presence. I don't want to come and with empty-handed and stand in your presence. This morning, the wealth and the health and the talents and the time and children and the facilities and the house and everything that God has given to you is to give him the best out of your life. As we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning, in total surrender, let's tell him, Lord, I will not fail you, Lord. I will not fail you. I am here, Lord, to receive the call of God in my life. And I will give you the best. Those who are prompted by the Holy Spirit, just lift, lift your hands this morning and tell him. Lift your hands this morning and give your life once again to him and tell him, Lord, I give the best of my life to you, God. And God is honored. And God is honored this morning in our sacrifice in this place. Hallelujah.